What's good, everyone? Coach D here from The Shift Method. Hope y'all are having a great day. This is episode number 40 of The Shift Method podcast. I got with me a guest who's returning for his second time. I did just confirm. We were talking back in <laughs> June of 2021. It really does not seem that long ago. Uh, but we're going to talk about some some awesome things in the life of my friend, Jackson. Jackson, can you introduce yourself to people? If somehow they don't know who you are, please. <laughs> Well, Damien, thanks for having me back again. I'm surprised I didn't scare you off the last time we chatted, <laughs> but uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. Uh, my name is Jackson Adamowitz. I'm currently a senior at Purdue University studying kinesiology with a concentration in clinical exercise physiology, minoring in psychology, and I will be attending physical therapy school next August um, at Mayo Clinic. So I'm looking forward to that. Very exciting, man. And yeah, we just learned that he's, you know, going to PT school. I knew you were going to be a physical therapist at some yeah. point, but now to hear confirmation <laughs> that you're actually, you know, going to be enrolled this fall semester coming up is very exciting, man. Um, I know it's a long three years, but do you have any, like, I know you're a big planning guy. Do you have like any ideas of where you want to go from there? Or are you just going to be like, wherever will take me, will take me kind of thing? Or what's, what's your mindset on that? Uh, well, you know, with PT school, when I initially thought that physical therapy was my career trajectory. I initially thought, man, I only want to work with athletes. I want to work with the best of the best, that kind of thing. Um, but I started a job uh, back in November of 2021 at a hospital working as a mobility tech. So I work alongside physical therapists and occupational therapists. Uh, we help mobilize patients in the hospital and get them exercising, get them moving while they're staying there being treated for you know medical surgical reasons for cardiac care intensive care whatever it may be and so working in an inpatient setting made me realize that i like that area of physical therapy as well okay. so i have no idea where i'm gonna wind up just i just know that i'll be a physical therapist one day and i'm excited about that so yes sir and hearing that you're going to mayo clinic that actually reminds me i believe i hope i get this wrong i'll be sure to link it to um, I have a, a handful of friends that are in the physical therapy realm, uh, and my my friend Keandre, who I went to uh, FAU with, is now a physical therapist, I believe, at Mayo Clinic down here in South Florida. And so he yeah, does yeah. kind of the the inpatient thing where he sees people, I believe, in a hospital setting. So, yeah, man, there's there's different routes you can do, which is good for people to hear, right? Because, like you said, people might think like PT is only athletes or it's only private. No, there's there's different routes that you can do for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about physical therapy. There are areas that I didn't even know existed before looking into it, and I'm sure I'll learn a lot more once I'm in PT school as well. So. Yes, sir. How's the has the senior? Are you taking summer classes or are you done this May? So I graduate in May, okay. and I well, I'm I'm kind of already graduated right now. I'm just finishing up <laughs> my course and uh, university requirements. I'm taking one class right now it is an online course super easy <laughs> one quiz a week that nice. kind of thing um and i'm also doing a, a full-time internship which satisfies my concentration requirement in my major so i'm that's what i'm doing at the hospital i'm working and that counts towards credit and as a job as well so very cool man has the senioritis hit yet oh yeah <laughs> especially we just got off a of spring break a couple weeks ago yes. and although i'm not even in any in-person classes this semester uh 
Mm. It's been a challenge to do that one quiz a week. <laughs> yeah. You'd think it'd be so easy, but I, I'm definitely just ready to be done and have that out of the way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, the finish line is in sight. Get to enjoy a brief summer, hopefully. And then, you know, yes. three years and going for that, that PhD, man, it's going to be going to be a long journey, but well worth it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped. I know it's going to be a challenge, but I'm always up for one. So yes, sir. Ready to get after it. Yes. Well, appreciate you introducing yourself again. Of course, like I mentioned, I'll be sure to link episode 16 where Jackson does a little bit more of a deep dive into who he is. That way, you know, we don't have to worry about y'all hearing it twice. Um, but what I really want to talk to him today is two main things. The first one is, you know, Jackson's kind enough to kind of talk about an injury that he dealt with recently. And I like talking about these things. I think as coaches, it's important for us to highlight these areas. As an example, I did a whole video series about me rehabbing a hamstring injury I dealt with because it shows that coaches get hurt too, man. Like things happen. It's not just, you know, the, the mom with two kids who hurts her lower back or, you know, the, the professor who's in his seventies, who has osteoarthritis, everyone can get hurt and probably will get hurt at some point if they train long enough. And so I think it's cool to hear from coaches, like their perspective, you know, kind of troubleshooting some things that you learn in school and that you're hoping to do as a physical therapist. And so I wanted to kind of get his perspective on things. And so Jackson just kind of want to hear like, you know, what, what happened and like your experience, like, do you remember exactly like the moment it happened? I, I know we mentioned, talked about it briefly, but I don't recall the story off the top of my head. Yeah. So I had a hernia um, and there wasn't really any specific moment that triggered it that I can pinpoint at least. Um, from what I understand from talking to the surgeon and the doctor who first examined me um, was that it, it probably could have been there for a really long time or even I was born with that um, mm -hmm. but never noticed it um, until I guess uh, about half a year ago um, but yeah so I was I came home from a workout um, it wasn't any out of the ordinary workout I got in the shower like I normally do after a workout, got out of the shower while I was drying off and everything. I looked in the mirror and I saw a bulge um, on my right lower abdomen. And uh, I have a pretty good anatomy and physiology background. And I was like, <laughs> something looks out there. <laughs> I, I think I know what that is. Uh, and um, there wasn't any pain associated with it or anything. I just saw the bulge there um, and it went away um, when I okay. pressed on it. And um Later that day, I got some intense pain down in that area and in the um, the scrotal region um, because it was an inguinal hernia. And so, um, you know, I called my mom I'm like, mom, I got to get an appointment at the doctor. I think I know exactly what this is. Um, and then we go from there. I get checked out about a week later, does a physical examination. Won't go into the details of all that. It's a very, <laughs> very intrusive examination, oh, but... It has to be done. Yep. Um, and the doctor confirmed, yep, you know, I think we have a hernia. But then I had to get uh, an ultrasound to confirm because you can do a physical examination, but if you're going to get a surgery on it, you need an ultrasound to pinpoint exactly where it is, mm -hmm. how bad it is, what the damage is, all that kind of stuff. So we go through that whole process. Um, it was really interesting. I think I, I recorded myself in the uh, the room, the ultrasound room, and I, I sent it to some of my friends and I said, I'm pregnant because they're doing an <laughs> ultrasound of my, my abdomen. But, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, sure enough, that confirmed that I had the hernia. I, after that one day that I noticed it, I really didn't have any pain or anything. It was kind of like a dull aching pain in that area. Um, but I also knew that I am a very active individual and I will continue to exert myself, lift weights, push myself in the gym, all that good stuff. So I knew that it would probably be smart to get it repaired because if a hernia goes unrepaired, it can lead to um, further complications, which are very dangerous actually, because it involves the intestine protruding through areas that should not be protruded through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it can actually, I mean, lead to death at the most extreme case if that part of the intestine dies off. And, but I was far from that point, thankfully, um, before noticing it and I uh, chose to get the surgery because I knew I was very active and would continue to push myself. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how I, I stumbled across it in the process of the diagnosis of the inguinal hernia. Yeah, yeah. What is that timeline from that moment you get out of the shower and you're like, that just should not be there to you having the surgery? Yeah, so I can't remember the exact date that I noticed or yeah, that I noticed it. Um, but that same day I called my mom, uh, scheduled a doctor's appointment. I think it was like a week or two later, then probably a few weeks after that, got the ultrasound done. Um, you know, how doctor's appointments work mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You're just waiting, waiting, waiting for whenever there's availability. And so, um, got that all done and the surgery was in October. I had a, a consultation with the surgeon in September. Okay. And then the surgery was done in October. About a month or two, roughly timeline from for yeah, the entire maybe, series of events. Maybe three months at, okay. at, at the most. But yeah, that was that was about the timeline of everything. Now, when you as that started from the moment you had the the initial realization of the injury up until your your actual surgery, were you doing any kind of training? Did you modify? What were you doing physical activity wise at that time? Well, I have an exercise addiction, I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will admit. So um, I continue to exercise, but I'm also very smart about what I'm doing. And so I, I didn't push myself like I had been pushing myself or exerting myself um, at the time. And this probably could have led to the hernia if it wasn't already there for a while. <laughs> um, I was training for um, strength. So really pushing myself on squats, bench, I didn't really deadlift a whole lot, a whole lot, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, probably all that exertion and bracing and all that kind of stuff brought it about, made it noticeable at least. Um, so yeah, I, I really toned things down. I just kind of exercised to maintain, so to speak. I, I wasn't trying to set any PRs or anything like that when it came to weight training. Um, and I, I was just cautious if anything felt off or felt weird, I backed off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, regardless of if you have a hernia or any type of injury that nags you or anything, it's good to listen to your body. Cause your body yes. gives you those, those signals, um, that, you know, maybe this isn't something I should be doing. So. And I know you, man, with the, with the volume of, of work you do with, uh, running and everything, <laughs> you know, when it's bad pain versus exercise pain. I'm pretty sure you have that dialed down to a T at this point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice, man. Okay. So you get the surgery and now what does that like recovery process look like for you? 
So recovery process, I believe it was six weeks, four or six weeks. I can't even remember anymore. Um, it was, it was a while ago, but, <laughs> um, I slept since then it was <laughs> a four to six week recovery period. I couldn't lift anything more than a gallon of milk. Okay. So no type of resistance training, hard physical exertion, maybe around week four, I could go on light jogs. Um, but the week after surgery was the roughest part. Um, I had prescription pain medicine given to me by the doctor. I didn't take any, um, cause I, I didn't really want to use any hard opioids or anything like that. Um, and so I just stuck with Tylenol and toughed it out. It was probably the worst pain, prolonged pain that I've been. Mm. And I've dislocated my kneecap and that was really, really bad instant mm. pain, but, um, prolonged pain, um, just for about a week straight. Um, especially after the anesthesia wore off from everything and feel great for a minute, man. You feel good. (laughs) Yeah. After right after the surgery, I was feeling good. I was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. And then (laughs) then that wears off on you. And you're like, oh my God. (laughs) So, I mean, it it just hurt to move any forward, backwards, lateral, literally any type of move just hurt. And, um, yeah, that, that was the roughest part of it. But then it slowly started getting better. The roughest part for me after that initial pain or that initial week that was really challenging in terms of pain was just not being able to exercise because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love exercise and it was tough. Um, so I would walk around as frequently as I could and try to stay mobile um, because one, I, I wanted to stay mobile for my own sanity and two, mm-hmm. Um, it was good for recovery. Um, uh, that's what the surgeon said. So I tried walking probably five or six times a day. Um, nothing too crazy in terms of distance or anything or challenging hills, but just nice, easy walks just to stay active, stay sane. So. Yeah, yeah. So four to six weeks of very limited amount of lifting, no more than that gallon of milk, trying to get as much steps in as possible to tolerate when were you able to start, uh, you know, start actually doing some structured resistance training and what did that progression look like over time? Yeah. So when I met, so there was a follow-up appointment with the surgeon after that four to six week mark. Um, and I met with her, she examined me again, made sure everything was doing okay. Asked me a few questions. She said I was good to resume normal activity just to work my way back into things. And I was kind of surprised because I I thought that, you know, having this surgery meant that I wouldn't be able to train at the capacity that I was Mm -hmm. training at. Um, But she said, yeah, you know, like just ease your way back into it, but you should be back to a hundred percent. And so I was like, Oh, okay. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So first, you know, month back, I'm just easing my way back into things, not going crazy on the volume on the weights or anything, just, getting back in the gym basically and that was that started running again uh picked up that and all is well now so yeah i live to tell the tale <laughs> <laughs> little disclaimer on this statement but i've i've heard and i'll try and link the the podcast i heard about it from some of the barbell medicine crew the guys that are doctors but also they're heavily involved in coaching resistance training the research on hernia from from what i've heard is it's tricky we're like of course you know 
coming off of surgery, like any kind of surgery, you want to rest and let the area recover. But in terms of like the recommendation for like the, you know, don't lift more than five to 10 pounds. It's like, who knows? I mean, it's definitely a safe recommendation because, you know, nothing probably will happen if you lift Mm -hmm. 10 pounds. But like you said, you go four or five weeks later and they're like, yeah, resume normal progress, obviously, but go back to squatting, whatever. It's like, I would admit, I'd be probably kind of scared to like, I can start like doing hack squat or like doing deadlifts if if it's like low weight. And it's like, yeah, go ahead. It's like, oh, okay. I guess nothing's really changed too much. I just surgically repaired and I've healed over the last couple of weeks and I guess I'm good to go. So it's a reassuring thing, I guess, for sure. When, when the doctor says that. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely reassuring. And I, I, I kind of felt the same way. I was really hesitant. I was like, <laughs> like, should I, I've been feeling this kind of pain yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. coming back off of this surgery and I still had incision sites and stuff like that. And so I was like, uh, I'll just take things easy, you know, but, yeah, yeah. um, I was also very fortunate, you know, because I was pretty healthy leading up to that, that injury. And so the surgeon also said, you know, that's probably why I was able to recover and come back so quickly was because I had maintained a, a pretty solid level of health leading up to it. Um, so for somebody who maybe wasn't as active, it might've taken them a little yeah. longer to recover or, you know, maybe they wouldn't know how to kind of work their way back and, strengthen the areas around there once you do recover. So, right. Right. Now, have you, since, since you've healed and recovered, have you gone back to the point you feel like you've, you know, at least gotten back to where you were prior or even surpassed that? What, what do you kind of feel like is your fitness right now since then? Um, I've, I've kind of took a different route when I came back, I wasn't training for strength anymore. I started running more and kind of just working on more of a hybrid focus of you know maybe a little bit of hypertrophy and strength mixed with running because ultimately my goals right now are running related but i i don't think that i could um maintain my mental health without any type of resistance training so <laughs> do a little bit of hybrid between the yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah very nice does the um now what does your training currently look like like what are you training are you training for specifically just for you know for pure enjoyment aesthetics like what does your training look like now so I am currently training to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So I nice. have to run a sub three hour marathon at a qualifying race, which I'm hoping to do either later this year or next year. Okay. I'm still uncertain as to what race I'm going to run because I'll be heading off to PT school. Not sure what my schedule is going to really look like yet. Um, so at the latest next year, I would like to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Um, and I'm, I'm working my way up now. So I, I do right now about four days a week of various types of runs. And then I will resistance train three or four days a week. Nice, man. Well, I'll be cheering you on. Looking forward to, to seeing you qualify yeah. and seeing you up in Boston. That'll be dope, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. My goal is long term is to go to all the world marathons. So I've got them all, all written down on my on my whiteboard. You got Boston, Chicago, New York, London, Tokyo, and Berlin. So I'm just going to try marking them all off my list. So. I had a client who was supposed to go to the Berlin Marathon. She said that it is a, she's done it before. She said it's amazing, like a beautiful yeah. scenic run, man. Yeah, no, I've I've heard a lot of great things about it. So yeah. And a friend of mine just got back. He did one in Barcelona in Spain. That's cool. He said That's it was really cool. gorgeous, man. And I was like, man, I wish I liked running long distance that much and could do it because that, <laughs> that looks so beautiful. But man, after yeah. like the five, five, 
to I'd say yeah 5k mark I start being like I don't know if I want to do this anymore <laughs> yeah no I'm I'm the same way every single run so <laughs> if you don't like running it's hard to hard to really fall into I mean I just I do it because I love to push myself and yeah, my yeah. love for pushing myself kind of outweighs my hate for running. So, I gotcha. I do yeah, like to, yeah. I like the short and middle distance. Like, you know, I love sprints. I love like the, the, the 400. I love a mile run, even a 5k I do like, but I really like, honestly, obstacle 5ks is probably like my favorite run. Like the Spartan races yeah. or like any kind of those tough mutter things. Those are really, really exciting for me. Yeah. I've never tried one of those, but I definitely want to one day. I feel like you would like it because it's like that perfect like blend. If like, you know, if you do a like a Spartan sprint, it's a 5K and and there's like, I think they typically do about 15 to 20 obstacles. So it's like every quarter mile you you have an obstacle. So the okay. second you start getting like tired or bored, it's like obstacle comes up like, oh, OK, yeah. good. And then you just repeat it again and again. So yeah. it's definitely a cool way to like do running without, you know, doing just traditional straight running. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. I'm definitely got to put that on my list of fitness challenge slash things to do. So. Oh yeah, man. No, they're they're <laughs> definitely that. fun. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, kind of the last, thank you for you know sharing that again. I think it's cool to oh, hear yeah. from people like you know rehab process what that looks like to hear from it from a future PT about like hey you know life happens shit happens and guess what you keep training on and you go back, you come back better than ever. So that's awesome yeah, to hear. Absolutely. And one of the things that I like to do is post about what I'm doing on social media. And so uh, one of the the positive things that came out of that was I was able to connect with a lot of people who were preparing for that surgery and had mm. come across my videos and uh, they would send me questions about it and stuff. And because for a lot of people that might be their first major surgery, that was my first major surgery and I was extremely nervous too. And yeah, I think a lot of people are nervous because uh, abdominal surgery, especially is um, it, it's kind of gross to a lot of people and kind of nerve wracking. So it's, it was great that I could connect with those people and, you know, give them some reassurance that, yeah, it sucks, but you get over it, you get better and with due time and, yeah. So it, it's good to be able to connect with people that way. Yeah. It gives you another wrinkle as a fitness professional, you know, as a coach, as a, as a future PT. And I, hernia is one of those things where it's not like extraordinarily common, you know, like we're mm -hmm. like, you know, more so likely to hear probably something like, you know, I had, I rolled an ankle at some point in my life or, or whatever it would be. But I've, as someone who's like, you know, had clients and over like seen the pairing of clients, you see it frequently enough that as a coach, yeah. you're probably going to deal with someone at some point who has or has had a hernia like it's it's going to come up probably yeah absolutely and the thing with the hernia too is you can you don't have to treat it by surgery you can mm -hmm. just live with it too yeah so um you know you might run into somebody who actively has a hernia that they know about and they just they deal with it and they typically somebody who does have a hernia and they know about it they know what they can and can't do yep. or you know how how they handle things so that perfectly yeah, describes one of my newer clients, man. He's He's got one and he knows what he can do. And the doctor said, like, you know, you don't have to do surgery. You can probably build it up pretty well. And then mm -hmm. I've had another client who it was at the point where she needed to have the surgery. And so they've had, I've seen both ends of the extreme. Yeah. 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 You definitely kind of, it's, it's one of those weird injuries where, you know, you can, you, you can, or you can't treat it immediately yeah. with that surgery. So it just depends on you the individual and you know how bad your condition is or what you do typically like your 
your activity and all that good stuff. Yeah. Now I want to talk about, you know, again, in your, in the first episode we did, we talked about your business. And of course, if there's other new stuff, I definitely want to hear about it. But the big thing that's caught my eye recently, because I've seen you promoting it on, on your pages is the map to motivation. And so I read a little bit about it, but I kind of just want to hear, you know, from, from the author's perspective, exactly what this, this program or this initiative is and, and what, what is it for? Yeah. So I developed this framework, I call it the map to motivation. And anybody who takes the course that's on my website um, will understand why it's called the map to motivation. Um, but it essentially is a framework that I have come up with that helps you plan your goals properly, um, how to get motivated, how to stay motivated, um, and kind of gives you some tips and tricks along the way uh, to help with all of those things. Um, and so it's kind of like a step-by-step -step framework that you can follow and those tips that you can utilize as well. Um, it's for anybody who struggles to stay motivated or get motivated because the second biggest reason why people quit after, you know, they're being too busy um, is because they don't have enough motivation or they can't maintain motivation. And so when I became a personal trainer and when I entered into college, I was fascinated with the psychology of motivation. And so I, that's one of the reasons why I chose to minor in psychology. And at any time I was in a psychology course, I would instantly flip my textbook to the motivation section and try to learn all about it that I could. Um, so it's been something that I've been developing over the past two and a half, three years. And this past year, I had the opportunity to put together a program and that's the Map to Motivation program. Um, so just kind of combining and condensing a lot of scientific evidence out there and psychological theory and putting it into a framework that people can use with their fitness goals and with any goals that they have. So um, now, of course, cut me off if I'm going to if you can't spoil, you know, the program, I don't want to, you know, obviously give it away the entire thing for free, but what is it like a, is it like a calendar initiative where it's, where it sets you up to do, you know, daily tasks over the course of weeks? Is it more so a module based initiative where you go at your own pace? How, how exactly is it structured? Yeah. So it's module based. Um, it's not in a calendar format. You can do it at your own pace. So it's split into uh, nine modules now. Um, I'm, I'm continuously adding to it. That's that's a cool thing about me being in control of the program is that I can keep adding yeah. to it and stuff as I find new and important things to add to it. Um, so you can go through it at your own pace. There are video lectures, there are activities to do, um, worksheets to fill out along the way so that you're kind of doing this step-by-step -step process following the framework and then you have something to take away from it as well. Um, and essentially the tenants, I suppose you could call it, uh, behind map to motivation are proper goal setting. Um, you have gaining your motivation. There are a few steps within that, uh, maintaining your motivation. So things like avoiding obstacles, um, being mindful of negative self-talk and how to turn that into self criticism or positive self-talk in order to have more of a growth mindset when it comes to achieving goals. Um, and then just applying it um, and understanding where you're at in terms of your motivation um, and what you need in order to continue to stay motivated and increase your level of motivation. I like it. I like it. Now, what, what, uh, 
is this done through a, some kind of um, server or some kind of like application? How does how does it run the modules? Yeah, so it's just through my website, uh, jacksonryanfitness.com. Um, anybody can go in and purchase the program, log in, and they just click through the modules. Um, oh, nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just directly on the website. So there's not really anything special about it. No, no. Not extraneous, simple. Yeah. Efficient. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So super easy. Is um. Now, what, when you're talking about motivation, I always ask coaches this, like, do you make a distinction between motivation and like finding someone's why, or is that kind of included in there? And then you talk about how to layer motivation over that. How, how does that kind of relationship work in, in these modules in your philosophy? Yeah. So it's really the way that the program is run is it's, it's pretty simplified, right? Cause it's, it's taking this, you know, research articles and psychological theory that it's got all this fancy language and stuff that, you know, to the untrained ear, you wouldn't really understand what's going on. So it kind of breaks those down into really easy to follow steps. Um, so in terms of motivation, finding your why is definitely part of it. I would say um, within the program, um, I, can, I guess I kind of lump everything into that word motivation. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, the goal setting, the dealing with obstacles, the the way you speak to yourself, the people you surround you with, all of those things that influence motivation are kind of lumped into that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I definitely think that is crucial, you know, knowing even if, you know, you put them together because the why is kind of like the, the guiding force, if you will, but you got to sure. have some, you got to have some spark and passion too, man, because that is what fuels the engine to some extent when you, when you, when you know where you're going. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that I, I talk about in the program is when I first started wanting to pursue a fitness journey of my own, I want, I was really skinny. I didn't have a lot of confidence and I didn't really know where to source my motivation from. And so I would just find like quick uh, YouTube videos and stuff of people working out and I would get my motivation uh, from that, which would last, you know, a good day or two, but then, yeah, yeah. you know, it would fizzle out. Um, and so that's, that's one of the reasons why I really sought out to create a program that helps you maintain that. It's not just some quick little um, motivational speech or something that, that gets you amped up for the day or maybe the week. And then, you know, you don't have anything to take away from it. Um, I was, I was tired of seeing stuff like that. And I really wanted to make something that people would actually be able to use um, throughout their lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, man, if people follow you on Instagram, they have that hardcore motivation that gets them fired up to go for a 10 mile run at 6am. And now they have this practical resource that they can maybe try to hopefully, you know, give them some guidance with, with all their energy or maybe with their goals that they can actually put it down to practice and, and make some meaningful change. Yeah. And that's not to say that like motivational speeches or like, you know, seminars aren't a good thing because they, they definitely can be helpful to people. And Absolutely. That's something that I address in the program too. It's called, you know, living through a vicarious experience where, you know, you're, you're hearing about somebody else's success or watching somebody else succeed. And um, as a result, you get kind of motivated by that because you see somebody who's progressed along the way and that, that motivates a lot of people. Um, so that's not a bad thing. It's just, um, it's not something that usually people can maintain in terms of their their motivation for things so right gets you fired up for a short period of time but having that that framework will help carry you on throughout a little bit longer exactly exactly
I love it, man. And basically every podcast, I find a way to preach that. So it makes me happy to hear that, that you're, you're doing the good work on that front too. Yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, you know, for, for taking the time to talk about these subjects, man. Really appreciate getting that insight on, you know, your training thus far, despite, despite the little minor setback back at it, training for getting ready for Boston. And then of course, you know, the awesome thing that you're offering through the map to motivation Jackson, anywhere people can find you, please let them know, you know, services where to connect all those great things. Yeah, for sure. So my website is jacksonryanfitness.com. Um, I do online personal training map to motivation is on there, all that good stuff. And then all my socials are just at Jackson Ryan fitness. Um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's just LinkedIn and then look up Jackson Adamowitz. Um, I think that's about it. Yes, sir. I'll be sure to put all those links in the description. Again, really good content, not only from the the coaching side, but also just if you're an everyday, you know, fitness enthusiast or someone looking to get in the gym, uh, Jackson puts really good, you know, fun education out there for people to consume. So definitely recommend checking him out. As always, y'all know where to find me. Again, we got those custom training templates. If you head to the shiftmethod.org, you can click any of those. We got four different templates for you if you're trying to ball and get in the best shape on a budget. Uh, also got a few spots still available for in-person training down at Johnny O's gymnasium. You can always still get the merchandise. We got on the website, the shirts, the shorts, you name it. We got it. Uh, the newsletter. Don't forget about that. It comes out the beginning of every month. Um, by the time y'all are hearing this, it'll already have come out, but I did drop a new blog post on hypertrophy training, kind of the modern literature on the best way to maximize your gains. If you want to look jacked like Jackson, uh, there's some things that you can follow. <laughs> And of course, I also had my most recent uh, YouTube video, um, my top three drills for linear acceleration. So for all my coaches out there, all my strength and conditioning guys, and if you're looking to just get faster, you'll definitely want to go ahead and check that out. Again, the shiftmethod.org. And of course, on YouTube shorts, TikTok, and Instagram reels at the underscore shift underscore method. Jackson, appreciate you as always, man. So good to see you and hope you have a wonderful night. All right. Yeah. Great to be back. Awesome. Later, everyone.